Live from the ACU of Texas Studios, this is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, uh, whenever you're listening, and welcome to episode two of Noise Reduction, where we want to help you filter through what's just noise and what is actually useful in the financial world. Hi, my name is Nelson Negron, and I am a wealth management advisor and president of Provident Oak Financial LLC. And I'm Rihanna Negron, you know me as Rhee, and I'm the COO and the client relationship manager at Provident Oak. Hi, Rhee, how are you doing today? (laughs) (laughs) I am all right. We made it through traffic, so we're good. All right, yeah, that Kima Bridge is uh, no joke at this point, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, welcome. We want to thank you for, for checking us out and go back and listen to episode one. I think you'll find some great information there. Uh, but again, if this is your first time listening, we are uh, Provident Oak Financial located in Clear Lake, just a little south of, of Houston. And I am here with my wife, Ree. Um, she, like she mentioned, she's our COO. So we had a question originally that we were going to answer today, but after another question being asked and even come up at a recent event, we decided to kind of shift gears a little bit and go ahead and answer a question that we weren't planning on yet this week, and then we'll go ahead and answer the question next week that we were going to answer this week. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of confusion uh, between, uh, I guess, uh, job titles, if you will, within the financial planning world. And so we wanted to try to just give some clarification on what it is and, and maybe what uh, those of you out there that are looking or, or are working with a financial advisor or planner, um, what you should be looking for. So the question essentially is what is the difference between a financial advisor and a financial planner? So Re, what what have you seen as far as the confusion out there since you're kind of the face of our social media presence and marketing and all that good stuff. I know you've run into this question quite a bit. What, what are some, what is some of the confusion out there that that you've seen? Well, everybody wants to know if different titles mean different things and if different designations after your name mean that you're able to do things that others aren't, or if you're held at a higher fiduciary standard, um, that's a really popular question. So, I guess the difference between the financial advisor, a wealth management advisor, and a financial planner are the biggest ones everyone's compared. So if you can kind of shed some light on those for us. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely want to make sure that people understand the difference, understand what they may or may not want, uh, want to look for, and where they can get the information from. So let's go ahead and, and uh, get started. So, you know, I think what I would like to to kind of start out with, just to maybe set the uh, you know kind of set the context here is is maybe just kind of give what a couple of definitions would be when it comes to uh, to to this topic. So, Investopedia, um, if you are familiar with it, or if anybody has ever looked at that. What they say is that a financial advisor is a broad term for a professional who helps manage your money. Uh, You pay the advisor and in exchange, they help with any number of money related tasks. Uh, A financial advisor might help with managing investments, 
broker the sale and purchase of stocks and funds or create a comprehensive estate and tax plan. Um, so that's what Investopedia says a financial advisor is. So really, it's just the broad term or what they say, it's the broad term of someone who may help an individual or company with managing money um, overall. A financial planner, on the other hand, uh, they say here that a financial planner is one type of advisor who helps companies and individuals create a program to meet long-term financial goals. Uh, the, the planner might have a specialty in investments, taxes, retirement, and or estate planning. Um, and then it goes through and lists uh, various numbers of designations that uh, a financial planner may uh, hold. It doesn't say anything about them being required to hold any of these designations. And we could we could go through and be be here all day listening or listing uh, a number of, of uh, designations, what they mean, and what what's required. And all, we're not going to go through all of that. Um, so let me ask you, does that, does either one of those definitions clarify things for you? Uh, yes, no. I mean, one sounds like they're more of a planner for the future and another one kind of sounds like a stock picker if you don't know what they do. Okay. And I think you're right. I don't really think that either one of those definitions gives a, a clear, uh, vision or, or view of what either one of those two actually do. And is that kind of what you're seeing out there in, in the social media world is that people just, they really have no idea what they even do? They, yeah, they really don't. And honestly, I mean, they don't even realize that it's a license that allows you to do certain things. They think it's a designation that actually allows you to do certain things. So it's very confusing. Right. Well, and I think it, it, the licensing is important. Um, for anyone who works as a financial advisor, and I'm going to take the financial advisor uh, term uh, at this point and say, if you're, if you're out there working with the public and you are giving advice, then you're required to hold some type of state license. Um, so that could be a 65, it could be a 66. Uh, there's, you know, the, and those have different variations, but you have to be licensed and you have to take a, a test. You have to study and take a, a test and pass that test in order to hold that license, to hold yourself out as someone who's going to give advice. Okay. Now, um, there are, there is differences in whether or not you have to have a series seven or a series 66 license, which, which are the, the federal licenses when it comes to. Uh, uh, being able to uh, sell um, or provide investment products like mutual funds or uh, or stocks and bonds. Okay. Okay. Uh, and but I still think that leaves things pretty pretty broad, and it doesn't still does not give any information on whether or not someone is a financial advisor or a financial planner would you would you agree yeah i mean especially coming from you know an outside perspective where you really don't know yeah. i mean it just doesn't really explain it so really you know and we had this uh, like you mentioned we we had this this conversation or this question come up at a, at a recent event that we were at 
and you know what really struck me and what I you know I really kind of pushed for us to, to talk about this in, in this episode was I wanted to be sure that that there really was a, a way for people to kind of get this information and, and pretty much understand um, the differences and and I, a lot of the issue that we run into is because of the different types of regulations that have been put out either by FINRA or the SEC uh, that has really confused a lot of people uh, as to who actually does what and what does that even mean. Uh, and, you know, so my official title is Wealth Management Advisor. And I, I think even, you know, and obviously president of Provident Oak, but as a wealth man management advisor, that may also be confusing to someone who may not be familiar, who may have may have not heard of that term before. Um, but to keep it simple, it's in the practice. It's in what does that person actually do? Are they someone who is just going to give a advice on money and how to manage money? Are they someone who is just going to take uh, or take an order from a client to, that says, I want to buy this and sell that? Uh, or are they actually giving someone a plan? So they could call themselves a financial advisor and they can call themselves a financial planner, but it's what do they actually do? And I think we also had that kind of that, that question come up too is, well, what is a one or two word job title you hear when you hear the term financial advisor? Right. Um, I mean, we've had people actually ask us if we did credit repair mm -hmm. because they were confused as to what actually our titles mean or what our jobs even consist of. Right. So when you first heard the term financial advisor, what did you think? Um, you know, honestly, you just think of Wall Street. You, you think of somebody that's sitting there and listening for the bell and just trading and selling and buying stocks. I mean, yeah. that's... Just yeah, and we talked a little bit about that in, in episode one mm -hmm. was, okay, well, when you, when you hear the term financial advisor, what do you think of? And, and I think most people, when they hear financial advisor, think, they think stockbroker. Mm -hmm. They think someone who's just going to call them up one day and say, hey, this is the greatest, this is the next Google, you should buy it, right. um, or something like that. And even financial planner, they hear insurance salesman. Mm, yeah. I've heard that too. You know, and, and really a financial planner is someone who's going to sit down with someone first and foremost and listen. They're going to listen to what the person's needs are, what their concerns are, what gets them excited about money and what keeps them awake. And that's something that in my experience over the past, uh, you know, 10 years of, of being a, a financial ad advisor, if you will, in, in that role or financial planner is that they, that people want someone who's going to hear them and understand their perspective and not always come up with just a solution to solve whatever problem they may be coming in with. Um, and, and a planner is then going to work with that person or with that family to put together the next steps. What do we do 
now? And how do we get to where we're trying to go, go uh, long term? And it, it does allude to that here in this uh, Investopedia uh, financial planner definition is, is a, creates a program to meet long-term financial goals. And that's, that's the key. But I think also you can call yourself a financial planner, but not really be a financial planner. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I guess you're really able to give yourself any title you want as long as your company allows it, of course. There's different regulations, but you don't really have to do what a financial planner does. You could say you're a planner and still just simply buy and sell stocks. And you can be a, you could call yourself a financial advisor and do planning. Hmm. Yeah. So it's important. Yeah. I, I think it's important that people, you know, really do some homework there when they're looking for, you know, a, a, someone to help them with their financial plan. What about the fiduciary standards now? Is there any like higher standards for a certain title or? So that's kind of been up in the air over the past few years. Um, there's been a, a, a number of regulations that have um, have been proposed and have uh, started to, to come out, um, have become law, and then have been retracted. And, and so that is still something that is still up in the air. But what is true is that there is a push to make the the uh, the playing field if you will more uh more defined and and equal across the board so the department of labor came out um about four years ago so it was it was uh a regulation that that started to form during the obama administration that was going to hold anyone who gave financial advice uh, put them to a higher standard. So they had to put themselves in a position to look out for the best interest of their client. So that started to come out. Uh, it, it did come out. And then uh, when when uh, our current president, uh, President Trump, came into office, that regulation was then pulled back. So now the now the SEC is is in the process of and and they've um, they've put it out, but it's it's actually in the courts right now. Um, there's a com- couple of different companies that are that are suing the SEC. Um, and not that I think that it's a bad thing that that um, this is going to court. And the reason <laughs> is because. Uh, I'm in the camp that I don't think it goes far enough. Mm. Um, so the SEC standard is pretty similar to the Department of Labor standard in, in a lot of ways, but it basically is a, to kind of put it simply, it is a best interest standard. It is wanting to have the financial advisor or financial planner put themselves on the same side of the table as their client and look out for their client's best interest first and foremost. So no matter what I may get paid as a, uh, as a financial advisor or anything like that, it's, it's above and beyond is an investment suitable for that person. Is it in their best interest that we're doing this? And you know, 
I've always believed in that. I've always practiced that. And so to hold us to that standard is no issue for me. But what the kind of what the, uh, the, the, the conflict there is, is, and what's being fought out in the courts right now is whether or not it, it holds independent advisors to the same, uh, to the same standard as wirehouse advisors. So, you know, and those two things may need to be defined as well. So a wirehouse advisor is someone who works for one of the big companies. Uh, you know, I'm not going to name names, but you know, pretty much you, know, you, most people have seen the names in commercials or, you know, one that may be owned by a bank now that wasn't owned by a bank before. And, um, one that may have a bull one. Yeah. It may have a bull. It may have a bull <laughs> as it's, as its logo. Um, so, you know, companies like that under this sec regulation, it doesn't appear that they're held to the same standard as an independent advisor like we are. Mm. And so that's where that's, that conflict is being uh, uh, fought in, in the courts to see if, if that is, is a valid argument or not. So you know, I know I kind of went off, uh, kind of went off uh, topic there a little bit, but I think that there is some context there that, that needs to be uh, kind of, um, uh, kind of uh, mentioned. So, uh, so bring me back to uh, <laughs> bring bring me back in line here. Back what, where we are. Yes. Yeah. So I know we can talk um, about this all day. So you were you were asking me what what was the question again? <laughs> I was asking you about the fiduciary standards and if there's higher standards depending on your designation. There may there may be higher standards depending upon the designation, um, but that doesn't always mean that those particular standards are appropriate for each individual client. And what I mean by that is that I've always taken the approach that every client that I sit across the table from is unique and different. So their, their individual situation, whether they're a small business owner or a, a child who has a special need, or maybe they're uh, caring for an aging parent, or you know, they may fall into those categories, or maybe they're just getting ready to retire. They may fall into those categories, but they all got to their destination as to where they are now in a different way. And each of their stories are different. So while a certain set of standards may be appropriate for one type of client or one type of family or one type of situation, I don't believe that to be true across the board. And so while I always strive and, and I always hold myself to the standard of is what I'm doing in their best interest, I do so understanding what their unique situation is. So that's kind of something you can use across the board, always making sure the client's best interest comes first, regardless of who it is across the table. Yeah, I, I think that if we look, if we just take it at its core, if we're looking out for someone else's best interest above all else, then you're gonna do the right thing. You're always gonna do the right thing if you're thinking of someone else first. And so, that is, for me, a best interest standard is is definitely an important piece to 
uh, being sure that people are protected mm -hmm. and they're getting the advice uh, that they can trust. Now, another thing that I always recommend when people are asking questions on social media or in person, and they're asking me how to pick the right financial advisor for them or how to really know, you know who their financial advisor is, I always tell them to do a broker check. Right. Um, can you just enlighten us a little bit on exactly what a broker check is and what we can find out from doing one? Yeah, and actually, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna go out online right now and I'm gonna pull mine up, okay? okay. So that way I can kind of go through the, the different things that are, uh, that are on there and I'm typing mm -hmm. this in as we speak. Unfortunately, so, most people don't even know you can do this. Yeah, so, so you, you just go to brokercheck.finra, that's F-I-N-R-A.org, all right? And it gives you the option to put in the financial advisor's name. You can even put in the firm. Uh, so if they work for one of the big brokerage firms or something like that, you can put in uh, their name, you can put in uh, their, their city, and it'll pull up everyone with that name that's in that city that works at that firm, okay? And what you're going to see is you know, where they're currently uh, employed, uh, who holds their licenses, which license they, which licenses they hold, uh, how many years of experience they have, um, who the regulators are as far as uh, who they have to answer to, basically, um, which state licenses they have. Uh, their past work history, where they've, you know, where they worked before, when it comes to uh, giving, uh, uh, giving financial advice. What, where are they licensed as far as states are concerned? Uh, where they, and that tells you where they're allowed to even practice, uh, practice their, uh, their craft of of being a, a, uh, a financial advisor. When did they pass their licenses? So, like for me. Um, you know, I, I hold a 66, I hold a series seven, um, uh, also the securities industries, essential exam. Um, you know, so uh, it's, you know, if you guys want to, you know, go to broker check and try it out, you can put my name in, um, put in Houston, Texas, and you will see my information there. Doesn't it also let us know if there's been any, you know, issues or bad marks on their license that we should know about? Uh, yeah, so so it'll actually also tell you um, any just what they call disclosures. So if, if there's been any complaints, um, and this is just simply a, a complaint that's been filed. It doesn't it didn't it doesn't necessarily have to go in favor of one party or the other. So mm. it could have gone it could have gone into you know the into the client's favor the the result of it or it could have been in the favor of the advisor but it's still going to be disclosed it say this still came up this still was a complaint and this is what the result was uh so you'll you can see all that and, and not just for um the individual but also the firm that they work for as well oh so that's a good way to check out an entire firm then too right exactly okay well, I, that's all the questions I have for this. I think pretty much what we've learned is at the end of the day, regardless of what your title may be, it doesn't really mean that person's necessarily going to be a good fit for you. You need to do your homework. You need to talk to them, see if they have a business plan that really fits what you're looking for. And I guess really all the designations in the world aren't necessarily going to be a fit for what I need. 
Exactly. I think it's important that when you're looking, just like someone would go and when they're looking for a new doctor, you know, do you go and just start seeing the first doctor that, that you, you know, that you walk into their office? Maybe, but then others will go and they'll, they'll go to one and then get a second opinion and sometimes a third opinion. Do your homework. Do your homework. Inter- interview a number, you know, maybe three should be the number, you know, that way you have three to choose from. Make sure you're comfortable with them. Make sure that they're, you feel like they are understanding and listening to your, your concerns and then make a decision there. And once you've made that decision on who you're going to go with, uh, then do some further checking, uh, check on, uh, check broker check to see how that's, you know, going, uh, see what that looks like there. Um, also what I've had happen if I, as I've had prospective clients ask, Hey, can, would one of your current clients be willing to talk to me? and tell me about their experience and what they've done and, or, you know, what you've done for them and, and, and all of that. And referrals are truly the greatest thing. Yeah. And, and so, compliment. so I go to my clients and say, Hey, would you be willing to uh, have a conversation with someone who's looking to, to become a client? And, and so sometimes it takes that. It's just like when someone goes to see uh, you know, I know we go to see a chiropractor and we say, Hey, we, we see this chiropractor and this is our experience and this is what, uh, you know, what we think. We think you should go and, and, and try them out um, and, and talk to them. Um, you know, that, that type of information can, can go a long way. Okay, well, I suppose we're probably running over again. We usually are. And we probably should wrap it up because people are trying to get to work or school. So Yeah, so at this point, what I would want everyone to do is well unless you're driving of course pull out your favorite smart device your phone your tablet whatever uh whatever you want to listen to whatever you listen to podcast on uh pull it up it could be spotify could be iHeartRadio, could be stitcher could be clear lake today app you could either download the clear lake today app which Mm -hmm. is a an easy way to find us uh or and other great um podcast as well um you definitely get a variety if you do it that way um, or you can uh, just subscribe to the Clear Lake Today radio uh, podcast, and that will also, uh, you'll find us there along with all the other podcasts that um, uh, that are listed. So I don't know about you, but I always enjoy coming here to the Clear Lake Today radio uh, studios to uh, to record. Yeah, and me too. I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Two episodes in, so... So, so if they have any questions or if they want to give us any feedback or maybe they want to ask a question that uh, they want us to cover on the podcast, how can they do that? Um, the easiest way is probably to reach out. Uh, we have a Facebook page, which is Noise Reduction. Um, it's a little cartoon character guy. I did notice there's one other page that is Noise Reduction, but it's got, uh, I want to say, seven or eight members. That's not us. You should be able to see us pretty easy. Um, you Isn't ours like Noise Reduction Podcast? It is. Okay. At Noise Reduction Podcast, noise I guess. Reduction you podcast. can okay. technically search it. but Or they can email either. Um, they can email me directly if they'd like. Re at Provident Oak. Or they can do our info at Provident Oak. Info email. at Provident Oak, yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, just ask yeah. away. We'll try to answer all the questions. We still have a list, but who knows? We might bump yours to the top like we did this week. So. And if... Uh, yeah, if you want to check us out, get any more information about Provident Oak and who we serve and how we do things, uh, you can always go to ProvidentOakFinancial.com. 
and uh, you can get more information there. There's also some great uh, resource articles too that that uh, uh, people get information for. Alrighty, well, thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Have a blessed day. Bye bye.